0: Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 233, covering When It Rains and Tacking Into the Wind. Friends, here we are once again, and wow. Yep. Just wow. This This is... is, Yeah.
1: The old look for a bad thing thing is getting a little difficult.
0: It really, really is. And we're... What is this? These are episodes five and six, I Mm -hmm. think, in the finale, in the giant finale. Yeah. And it's still just unbelievable. Yep. I think because we keep having this problem of like saying things about the other episode and trying to distinguish which one is which i think we should do like we do with two parters where we just read like uh both of our summaries in a row and then sort of discuss both episodes as one big thing
1: yeah that seems like it's probably the best idea
0: just rather than us trying to say which was that this one was that, I don't that one remember. i who who knows who, who, who knows so why don't you first summarize the first episode, and then I will then summarize the second, and we will go from there. You talking
1: about when it rains?
0: I am indeed talking about when it rains.
1: From the old Ferengi expression, when it rains, it's wet. <laughs> okay, this gets pretty intense, so watch the changes and uh, try to keep up. Cisco and Ross send Kira on a mission to help Damar's ragtag band of Cardassians fight a rebellion against the Dominion. Everyone spends a lot of time wondering exactly how ironic this is answer is that it is very ironic she also gets a starfleet uniform as a gift to al yes yeah, she does Otto accompanies her because it was that or stare out the window and whimper like one of my dogs and nobody really wants to see that maybe quark but before he goes he gives julian a cup of changeling goop so that julian can use it to make synthetic body parts this is actually such a good idea i'm surprised no one has thought of it before seriously that is not a joke i think this is a legitimately great idea Unfortunately, Julian takes one look at the goop and discovers Odo has Founder's Rot, just like the rest of the Dominion. Everyone spends some time thinking about it and decides that this is not ironic. Gowron arrives at vs 9 under the pretense of giving Martok the Klingon Award for one-eyed excellence, but mostly he's just there to take control of the war effort and keep the best Klingon ever down. Unfortunately, he is also terrible at generaling, getting a lot of soldiers killed. Orf glowers like a champ. On Bejor, Dukat sneaks a peek at the Bajoran Necronomicon and gets struck blind for his troubles. Funny, I would have thought that it, that, that it would have happened the first time he saw kai Wyn defrocked. <laughs> then everyone stands around and, and decides that this isn't ironic either. It's obvious and also a little mean. Anyway, Winn doesn't have time for blind Ducat, and she kicks him out on the street. Which seems cruel, so please keep telling yourself that this is Ducat. <laughs> Finally, I hope, Julian tries to get some medical records from Starfleet about Odo in the hopes that he can cure him. Starfleet is super resistant because why are you trying to cure our enemy of a deadly plague? Do you want Admiral Nechev to come down here, impress Amanda, and then yell at you? (laughs) Because she loves giving our enemies plagues. Finally, Julian receives the information he needs, only to discover that it's been forged to prevent him from finding a cure. Seems pretty devious. And tricky. Who do we know in Starfleet that's devious and tricky? Well, Captain Sisko. No one up besides him. He likes Odo. Oh. Section 31, and then they nod knowingly, but no time for that because the episode is over and hopefully I didn't miss anything like an important Keiko subplot where she burns some fish.
0: Uh, no, Matt, uh, Rosalind Chow does not appear in this episode. Ah. Nor does Siric Lofton.
1: Nor does Burnt Fish.
0: Right, well, uh, Burnt Fish may have, uh, like, a a deleted scene. Ah, yes. Or maybe it's in one of the barrels in, uh, in the Cardassian. Game. One of the barrels that's falling on wharf. Yes, because Worf was shooting the fish in the barrels, and then they fell on him. But they got burnt in the process. No, burnt fish! Uh, Moving forward to tacking into the wind. Uh, Even though we're now five episodes deep into this finale, with 30 or 40 subplots going at once, we're not even bothering with last time on Deep Space Nine. There's no time for that, man! You're just gonna have to keep up, alright? So we rejoin La Cardassian Resistance in their filthy caves, and for the first time, I actually care about these filthy rebels. Maybe it's because they don't have those stupid flaming barrels we just mentioned. Or maybe it's because Kira and Damar and Garrick all working together is fucking amazing and I never want it to end. Also, Odo's here and he's all flaky and horrible like he was that one time Garrick tortured him. Except now Garrick feels bad for him and it doesn't feel inconsistent or contrived because these characters grow and evolve naturally and goddammit, why are there only three episodes left? Meanwhile, back on DS9, Sisko's had enough of Galron's shit, specifically his not being Martok. Turns out a lot of people share the captain's opinion on this matter, including Martok himself, who's in critical condition in sickbay. I imagine he'd recover more quickly if Julian weren't busy, but he has his own subplot to worry about. He's trying his damnedest to find a cure for Odo's disease, and in the process he discovers that it may have actually been created by Starfleet, or more likely Section 31. But since Sloane didn't exactly leave him with a spotlight that shines a big 31 out in space, because how would that even work? <laughs> O'Brien has a surprisingly devious idea. What if, What if Bashir just pretends to find the cure and then wait for Sloane or one of the other Section 31 guys to come for it. Ah, who am I kidding? We all know it's going to be Sloane. But not until next week, probably. Back with, Kira and the, back with the Kira and Damar show, the, the Cardassian rebels have managed to sneak into a Dominion space station with a stolen Jem'Hadar fighter, which is being upgraded with that Breen weapon that Flonk hates. And back on DS9, Worf has taken it upon himself to challenge Gowron for leadership of the Empire. This is a challenge that Worf wins as he runs a fucking Batleth through all Bug-Eyes and kills him dead. Then he hands off leadership to the one guy who's truly worthy of it, Martok. This is easily the coolest thing I've ever seen Worf do, and I eagerly await Matt's argument explaining why it was terrible.
1: Well, guess what? (laughs) Yes? I've got some news for you, my friend, because I actually thought it was awesome!
0: Fair enough. This is your good thing for episode My 2. My good
1: thing for episode 2 just so we can get completely out of order here.
0: No, it doesn't matter as long as we cover them all. It doesn't really matter. It's just one big thing.
1: Worf is fucking great in tacking into the wind.
0: Yes, he is.
1: Um let, I mean let look, let's let's start with the whole I have to, I am going to I am going first I'm going to set up you to kill Gauron. Oh, mm-hmm. you don't want to kill Gauron.
0: No, no. I love I love Martok's totally valid argument, which is it's a war. Like, yeah, we become leaders by overthrowing the last guy, but during a war, soldiers have to listen to the main guy. That's the main thing about war. You gotta do that. Yeah. Like, he's totally right. mm mm-hmm. well, He's not scared to do it. He's just like, this is not the time for this. Yeah,
1: Luckily, Worf is Worf and has nothing to lose.
0: No, exactly. So he
1: takes the matter into his own hands, and also... Um,
0: takes a batleth into his own hands.
1: Well, yes. And unfortunately for uh, Gowron, batlething is one of the few Klingon things that Worf is actually good at.
0: Right. No, we were talking about this. Worf's not actually good at very much. And, like, we we established on Next Gen that he's good at being a boss. Yep. But Klingon stuff, you're right. If you qualify it that far, Batlething might be the only thing. Yeah. He is very good at batlething. Oh, and he's he's good at remembering all the traditions that everyone like doesn't give a shit about it anymore. Either, do, either doesn't give a shit about, or sort of broadly interprets. Like he's one of those orthodox guys who everything ha- must be taken literally. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, yeah, yeah, we know Kayla said that, but he probably meant this. Just ease up a little. Kayla
1: said. Kayla said specifically this, and so we're all going to take off our clothes and whip each other.
0: Right. Oh. It, it's like it's like there are certain Christians who can like. Uh, you know uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They they can look at the creation story and say, yeah, this is probably an allegory, and evolution mm-hmm. is probably fine. Yeah. And then there are some who say, no, 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 the world was literally created in six days. Like
1: now there's, yeah. Th- now let's th- go eat some burnt fish on Friday.
0: Right. The, where you know, Worf is the guy who's like, no, it literally says this, and yeah. the other Klingons. We are say, doing no, this. The spirit of the law is this. Let's uh-huh. just, let's just follow what he meant and not what you think he said.
1: How, how about you settle down a bit, Worf?
0: But no, he's definitely good at fighting, mm-hmm. and he literally like Gowron is dead. He killed him. This yes. is not like, and and it's not as big a deal as it sounds because really, after after these last three more episodes, we're leaving the adventures of Starfleet in the Alpha Quadrant forever. Pretty much, yeah. We're gonna follow a bunch of guys on the other side of the galaxy, and then we're gonna go back in time. So like, mm-hmm. they can they can like slash and burn as much as they want because we're never coming back to this. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. And they do. They kill Galran, who's yep. been around for what nine Gowron, years.
1: Yeah, he's been on. He came over from TNG,
0: like yeah, early TNG. Yeah, like season three, I want to say.
1: We've been gazing into those endless
0: pools for a long yeah. time now. I'm gonna miss him. I am too. He's a great guy, and he's a great guy to hate, mm-hmm. which is your good thing for the first episode, was it not?
1: Yep, I fucking love. The fact that Gowron fucking notices someone else is getting more credit for him for successfully leading this war.
0: Well, we've we've sung the praises of Martok for a long time. He's a great character. Yep. And he's a great general. He's written as like one of the best generals there are. And he's Mm -hmm. just constantly leading everyone to victory. And uh, as we've seen from Gowron since those early days of next gen, he cannot stand for that.
1: Nope. Gotta get like, over there and uh, take matters into my own eyes.
0: <laughs> what was, it? I think it was like season five of Next Gen where, yeah, it was after Redemption. Mm-hmm. Because Redemption is where uh, they overthrew the Duras and he became the, the Chancellor. And then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it, was the, it was the Spock episodes. Because then we find out, uh, well, why don't we call Gauron for a favor? And, uh, yeah, Gowron's kind of been rewriting history, and you, Captain Picard, never were part of that.
1: You were not in that history he's And
0: rewriting. he's like, wait, what?
1: Seriously? Ugh, this guy.
0: And so it's so consistent with this guy that's been around for nine or ten years or whatever. Yeah. Like, we've seen him be like this over and over again, so it's very natural for him.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I just, I, I love the whole, ah, here, we're, prom- I'm promoting you, so I can have your job, and then I'll be the best.
0: It, that that's the thing is it's it's a masterful strategy mm-hmm. because he doesn't say uh, uh martok is terrible no instead he gives him like the highest medal that hardly anyone ever gets he dubs him sir kalis whatever you know like he gets the highest of the high things
1: i dub you sir phobos of mars beater of ass, beater of
0: ass. yes i charge you to find Worf's ass and beat it <laughs> I am declaring Martian law. (laughs) If you haven't seen C-Lab, you're not going to follow any of this. It's fine. I'm 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 pretty okay with that. Yeah.
1: But for all the C-Lab fans out there, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I hate the (laughs) Pizarro's. But no, and then there's a great conversation, which I believe was part of your good thing. Yes. um, One of your goods thing. uh, One of my goods things. Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Um, So in the second... Sorry, real quick. That's just like what I'm saying is that kind of feeds into what we're talking about. Like like Galron is a politician, mm-hmm. not a warrior. And, no. and and then this conversation happens that kind of backs that up.
1: Yeah. No, I love I love the um just the, the whole idea of uh first of all, new Ezri kind of being done with Klingons. Yeah. Which is a real change from Kurzon and uh Jedzia.
0: No, and she even says, look, I, I understand. Kurzan on Jadzia cared about this stuff, but I don't agree with that. This
1: them. is not my thing at all. Like, and I'm, I love... looking
0: at, I'm looking at this from the outsider perspective of a young, like, different, completely different cultured uh, uh, psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And the way I see it, yeah. you guys are falling back on all this ancient crap that should not work.
1: Yeah, and I love, this is stuff we've been talking about, you know, since the reinvention of the Klingons back, yeah. like way the fuck back. Yeah, like early this... next gen. Yeah, like, this race of war, like, this warrior culture who are all about honor, but, you know, don't actually believe in any of that. Like, their politicians are all super corrupt, and, like, advancement is all about murder and backstabbing.
0: Yeah, Ezri has this great moment where she's like, when was the last Klingon Chancellor you actually liked? Mm. Well. And Worf's like, uh. And Worf is, you know, super hardcore Klingon guy. Uh-huh. He can't answer that question. You know, <laughs> you're yeah. in rough shape.
1: <laughs> I like her, um... I like her delivery. All right, I, all right. I'll tell you what I think, but you're not gonna like it. I think the Klingon Empire is dying, and I think it deserves to die. The yep. Lord goes, "You're right. I do not like it."
0: I was amazed how subdued he played that. Yep. He should have flipped a table and ran off and had a hissy fit.
1: Yep. But you know what? He's doing better this this week. That's why he I is. gave him my good thing. Well, like it was is... an award.
0: <laughs> but really, we've we've been saying this about this, like the whole point of them doing this nine part. 10 hour finale is because they have a huge sprawling cast and everyone needs to get one last great moment and one good happy ending yeah or no not necessarily happy ending this is ds9 like an ending yes a definitive ending i'm not going to spoil how anything ends for anyone but everyone gets an end to their arc yep which actually uh if you have any more stuff to say about klingon stuff uh we should do that but otherwise that's a nice segue into my thing i
1: think that's everything i wanted to hit on
0: we can circle back if we need to. Yeah. But as far as arcs go, my good thing for yes. the first episode, and really it, it this extends to both of them, is Kira. This oh, is yeah. thinking back on this show before we even started it, this was in my head. This is something this is literally, if not my very favorite thing that DS nine did, it's in my top like three. Just the Kira's arc. Mm-hmm. Kira starting as the rebel that doesn't give a damn what you think. Yep to being kind of a sellout to being a reluctant, you know, uh, officer to like to, to accepting her fate and and being a good officer to now having to train the Cardassians to be rebels. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Yeah. It's just like how, how, and and you pointed out all the irony. It is super ironic, Mm -hmm. but it's also like on a, like on a character level, you can see, like you see it in her, you Mm -hmm. see her like, like, do I have to? Well, yes, I guess I do have to. Yep. All right, I'm doing this. All right. And can you imagine season one, Kira, doing this?
1: No. I was no. actually thinking about this. Like, you go back to the first episode of with Kira and just have her going, there's two things I hate, Cardassians and Starfleet interfering.
0: Yeah, doodly, doodly, doodly. Well, yep. here I am in my Starfleet uniform helping the Cardassians. <laughs> Who would have guessed, shrug? But it's all so natural. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the things this show does so well is... And, and in a broader sense, change. Yep. Evolution. Like, we talked about this a lot in Next Gen. We didn't feel like most of those characters, like, th- a lot of them ended up getting written better as it went. And a lot of them, like, subtly changed. Like, Data became less literal and more human-ish. Yeah. And Riker like, settled into his role. But Picard is really yeah. the only guy who had, a, like, a real arc yeah. through that show. no, he
1: went from, you know... That like, was being really about...
0: standoffish and really, like like you know, like the, the lonely, the loneliness of command to this is my family. Yeah. But all those other guys like changed a little bit, but there wasn't a clear arc for them. Whereas this show like more than any other, definitely any other Star Trek show I can say with confidence (laughs) took, well, I mean, that's not even a dig at the other shows. Like, like uh, again, keeping an open mind, Voyager didn't really, as far as I understand it, tell a lot of serialized stories. It was a lot more standalone, you know, like X-Files would call a monster of the week.
1: Yeah. I mean, but look, we could be wrong about That's just the stories this. they told. Yeah, we could be wrong about this. Uh, but,
0: I, I mean, but I'm, I'm, just, talk, I'm just talking about the way they told stories. I'm not yeah. even talking about the quality of them. They didn't do a lot of character arcs, as I recall. They didn't do a lot of, like, long form, this character starts here and they're going here mm-hmm. and they learn things and they turn into this. Like, that's, yeah. that, that's just not the kind of show that they did. This is the only show out of all of them, I'm pretty sure, that did this and definitely did it to this, you know, to this level. And it's not just Cisco. Cisco's got his own thing going on, which we started and we'll get back to. Yep. But Kira is really the main focus of, of these couple of episodes as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. And boy, has she come a long way. Yeah. No, she's, she's fucking great. <laughs> and the other half of that is my good thing for the other episode, mm-hmm. which is Damar, which <laughs> it's very difficult not just to make him my good thing every time.
1: He, like, that dude has gotten so great just in the last couple of episodes.
0: Yeah, and we talked about this. They've talked about it in Memory Alpha, just being, like, hiring Casey Biggs as a as a one-line background guy, knowing they would give him something to grow into later. Mm-hmm. And he's totally risen to the occasion. But uh, every, th- every time he does anything, I just want to stand up and give him, like, a standing ovation. Like, yep. that is so great. Good work, like, buddy. Yeah. He had so many tough decisions in these two episodes. There's so many ways he can fuck this up. He never does. He always makes the right call. Yep. Like... He's he, one thing I didn't mention in my summary is there's this one underling of his that has a real problem with Kira, and, and there's a lot of tension between the two of them in these two episodes. She
1: and She's he's actually really the Damar to Ducat back in the day,
0: yes. Very much why are you listening to her? Yeah, you know, what is what is she? Why is she here? You're just, such a
1: great man, you don't need to take you don't need to
0: listen to this woman. I didn't think about it like that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, and then like Damar. Keeps telling him to back off, telling him to back off. And we get into this really tense, like, Mexican standoff situation at the end of the second episode. And demar has got no choice but to shoot this guy. Yep. And it's just every time, like, every time Demar's in a situation where it's like, okay, the really proud, arrogant Gul Dukat would have done this. No, Demar did what was right. Yeah. He did what would end up helping the Cardassian people in the big picture, not necessarily. Like, he swallowed his pride so much. He bit his tongue so much. He yep. just he stepped up to every hard decision and the actor really nails it. The writing really nails it. DeMar's just become this great leader.
1: Yeah. No, I love, I love his line. Like he was my friend, but this isn't his Cardassia anymore.
0: Yeah. There's, there's so much of that. And I mean, all of that, all of that plot, like all of that particular plot of, and I meant what I said, I would watch a spinoff with, the the the, you know, uh Cardassian resistance uh adventures of Garrick, Kira, Odo, and Damar. Yep. It's just such a fascinating mix of characters because Garrick is really the middleman. Somehow he's the one making the piece.
1: Yep, which
0: okay. What? <laughs> but it fits. Everything fits. It's just mm-hmm. like and usually everyone's fighting and Garrick's in the background with this giant grin.
1: Yep. Like, like, this is the Why'd you come on this adventure anyway, Garrick? There was nothing good on TV.
0: Yeah, he's—I mean, he's—he's he's really good at like observing people, and oh, yeah. I think that's what he loves about this. Is just. I have always wanted to see what would happen if you put Kira and Damar in a room and they didn't kill each other. What would happen?
1: Oh, this is so good.
0: Yes. There's there's a bit of that Gorshin just glee there. Oh, this is so much fun. Best war ever. <laughs> Which just makes me think we've we've made that comparison to John Delancey before. Mm. I bet Andrew Robinson would play a good cue.
1: Oh, I could see that. Yeah. That could be great.
0: Like, he, he wouldn't do quite so much of the sinistery stuff that he does as Garrick, but mm-hmm. he could totally play like a good, sort of impish, like, uh, mischievous, but also all powerful yep. being.
1: Hey, guess what? I can turn you into anything.
0: Yep. But anyway, there's just the dynamic. Yeah, I'm between mostly going to these...
1: use it to have weird sex with Julian.
0: Well, of course he is. Mm-hmm. Or as they just call it, sex. <laughs> Listen, you think Odo turning into some colored fog was weird? Mm-hmm. If Garrett could do anything, he wanted to Julian. Mm-hmm.
1: I just picture Odo telling this, uh, Julian the story later, just like, uh huh, that's all, huh? <laughs>
0: well, it Turned sounds in... like a quiet night. It's a bit vanilla, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just i that whole subplot though. All those characters interacting, just it's such an interesting combination of people. Oh yeah. And then you have the egg extra layer of Odo's dying, and he doesn't want Kira to know, but she knows because she's not stupid. Yep, that's she great also, too. Like, yeah, and she also knows Odo well enough mm-hmm. that she knows that he doesn't want her to know. Yep, it just it works on so many levels.
1: <laughs> I just love the like oh, I have, I have seen Odo do this crap so many goddamn times. Yeah, it's fine. We... You're dying. Let's get back to work.
0: Yep, he's too proud. He doesn't want me to see. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Of course, the horrible thing is that all the shape-shifting involved in all their covert activities is what's accelerating the disease.
1: Yeah, it turns out uh, the Rebellion needs a lot of cups and mice to fool the Dominion.
0: (laughs) Who knew? Well, I'm pretty sure they got a Cardassian grifter up on the streets. Odo turns into three cups, and they hide a bomb under one of them.
1: That, all they have to do is find a very high-powered Vordo with a uh, with a gambling problem, and just yes, exactly. I'll tell you, I, I tell you what, man—double or nothing. You find the red lady, and we'll get. You, you don't find the red lady, will you? Give us back. Uh, you give us back some Cardassian territory.
0: Oh well, I'm out of money, but I guess I could bet these defense plans. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure to win this time, so it's not really a risk, right? I I mean,
1: listen, man, your number's got to come up now.
0: Yeah, I mean, what are the odds, right?
1: All you got to do is find the mouse under the cup.
0: (laughs) Oh, you lost again. Did the cup just tell me I lost? Oh, (laughs) no, sorry. Listen, we have to pack up. The cup is very sick. got to go, got to (laughs) go. Now, now because... uh, (sighs) I when my my go-to always for that kind of character is uh, for those kind of characters is Pen and Teller. Mm-hmm. From, I'm picturing uh, Penn Jillette as a as a Cardassian and it actually fits.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and Teller as his like little Mayhardu type assistant.
1: I can see Teller as a Vorta.
0: Ooh, yeah. yeah, but he still—I mean, he still can't talk. Oh no, absolutely he'd still be not. like a Mister Hom or a Mayhardu or like one of those silent assistant guys.
1: Yes, be a great Vorta.
0: Just a, a quick uh quick side note here. I was watching some uh, new Who's line, like Who's line that was made recently, and Penn and Teller were the celebrity guests. Oh, nice. And they're doing that game where uh, Colin Mockery puts his hands, uh, you know, uh, uses, like, uh, Ryan uses his hands. Oh, the, ar- the arms through the, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, Colin's standing behind Ryan, being his arms. Mm. And then Penn pulls out a pair of handcuffs, handcuffs him, and walks away. <laughs> In the middle of the bit, <laughs> so long, improvisers. Oh, god. <laughs> and the look on Ryan's face—he's just terrified. Like, did he just do that? What am I? What are we still taping? That. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> anyway, um, what yeah, the fuck I... were we talking? Oh, Star Trek. Oh yeah, the be- Some of the best Star Trek ever. Ah, it really is too. Like this whole one, oh, we've man. said a million times, but this is like. When we get to the end of all of Star Trek, and we say what, what were the best single episodes, what were the best story arcs like this, I would have to count this run, like this, this nine or ten episodes, as one. And one episode. Yeah, and and say this is like, if not my favorite, very close to my favorite. Yeah. Just because so much going on here. Uh, that said, though, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of characters that are notoriously absent. Oh
1: yeah, so this is my bad thing. I mean, this covers both episodes, honestly, yeah. but, uh, fucking, I miss Quark. Yeah. Um, he comes in for like, well, he comes in for my quote,
0: honestly, so let's just play let's that. Go ahead and hear that. Excuse me, gentlemen. Is that coffee? I figured you were probably working on a way to help Bodo. I thought this is the least I can do. How did you know that was ill? I hear
1: things. Thanks. Yeah, we'll keep it under your hat, will you?
0: Why? Just do it. All right. All right, you still want the coffee?
1: Odo would be touched if he knew you were doing this. You're not going to tell him, are you? It'll be our little secret. And um, that's it. That's his only scene in these two episodes.
0: Yeah, I was reading apparently he was busy with Buffy the Vampire Slayer at this point. Yeah. Because they were in season two or three, like some season where his character was pretty prominent.
1: Yeah. that act, Which still. makes a lot of sense,
0: like... Yeah, but, I mean, dude, wrap up the show you're on before you do the show you're go- yeah. moving on to. Like, that's, that's common courtesy.
1: The problem is he's not even, go- he's not even on Buffy that much longer.
0: Mm, I don't remember because I don't remember if we're in 2 or 3, but he's around for a while.
1: Yeah. Well, he makes it to the end of 3 anyway. Like, right. Spoilers for Buffy, I guess.
0: Well, he's, he's the principal of the high school and they graduate. Yeah. So you're not saying what happens. You're just saying they don't d- really deal with the high school principal anymore once, you know, mm-hmm. they leave high school. But yeah, he's he's you know, he's hardly in any of these, and that's supposedly the reason why. But it's like we do want closure for all these guys, and yeah. that includes Quark.
1: Everyone, like you know, we're you you made this giant finale. Everyone should really have something to do, and, no, and I'm, I'm you 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 sure, found dumber excuses to get Quark involved.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure he's still like uh, Flonk reminded us. There is still an episode in which uh, Jeffrey Combs plays. Uh, Wayun and Brunt in the same episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's not a spoiler at all. That's those are two recurring characters, and they both just happen to appear in the same episode. Yeah. So if Brunt shows up, it follows that something's going to happen with Quark.
1: <laughs> Brunt's here to deal with Cisco.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Quark's
1: like, Ah, Brunt, you're here at last to deal with me. My arch nemesis. No,
0: I've I've upgraded nemesis.
1: Sorry, I got I got important stuff I got to talk to Worf about. Yeah. Ah, Brunt, yes. <laughs> Come speak with me about old times. Let us talk as father and Ferengi.
0: How are things in the F-C-A? <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right, though. Like, our, one of our the very first things we liked about this show, we latched onto, if not in the pilot, like in the first episode after the pilot, is just Quark and Odo. They're mm-hmm. great. Yep. They, I mean, we're getting a little more Odo now, but we've barely had any Quark, and we haven't had any of them together for a long time. No, We had one quick scene, like, last week, and that was it. And I miss those two. Yeah, man. Yeah, come but back. As as in your quote, you're yes. correct. Like that was fantastic. Like you guys help Odo. Here's have some coffee. Help Odo. Don't do not tell him I was here. Yeah, I don't even. Did he say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like,
1: you didn't see me. Don't tell him. Goodbye.
0: Yeah. You just went to the replicator and got coffee, which you could have done anyway. So I'm not even sure why I'm here.
1: Yeah. I I'm, I'm really just here to make my paycheck for this week.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, I don't know how Sirach Lofton keeps getting a paycheck. He's in the opening credits and he's never in anything. No. Like, not that I want a Jake story every week, but really, where the hell is he? Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, uh he's asleep. I think he's we've another...
0: established that. Oh well, okay, but he slept through the whole war.
1: <laughs> Jake, where have you been? The war's over.
0: What war? Oh man. This sounds like a good story, ah, uh, fucking writers, yeah, uh, the worst,, Ugh. but I mean, he's another side character, I mean, he's supposed to be a main character, but really he's a, he's like on the same level as like uh Garrick or Rom or you know yeah. like those guys, like second tier guys, I would say, yeah, I don't know why he's in the opening credits no we but...
1: we've gotten this far, and it's just like, yeah, you really weren't probably needed as you know main cast.
0: The thing is, I'm glad he's in it, oh, yeah. I mean, that relationship is great. The actor is great. They've Mm -hmm. done good things with the character. Like, his relationship with Sisko, his relationship with Nog have both been fantastic. Yeah. But, he, yeah, he doesn't justify being in the main credits, being one of the main, like, eight guys. Yeah. But that said, he is still a very big, important part of the show. And I need some kind of closure with him, too. And I hope it's not just reacting to whatever's happening to Ben. Yeah. Like, he needs a little something. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. We just have uh, Cisco doing a bunch of cool stuff, and then we cut to we cut to a still frame of Jake, just like, oh,
0: ooh. Now, see, they can't use old footage because he'll be seven feet taller now. <laughs> God, I can't. Remember. I was looking through something on Tumblr, I think, or someplace. Yeah, it must have been Tumblr, mm. and there was a picture of Jake from season one, and I just I hadn't seen him from that early for a long time. Yeah, and this just the stark contrast, like we've watched him grow.
1: Oh, yeah, I I think I remember this post. That was the one with all the terrible Jake
0: shirts. Yes. But when you go back and look at season one Jake and compare him to season seven Jake, it's like, Mm. Jesus
1: Christ. Oh, my God, man. In
0: six years, that kid grew like, I mean, we joke, but literally a foot and a half.
1: Yeah, it's like you doubled. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They chopped him in half, and he turned into two Jakes. Yeah. Like that Chinatown sequel. (laughs) Oh. Oh, very quickly, speaking of Tumblr. Mm -hmm. Um... We uh, last week mentioned a Tumblr that takes uh, uh, Kiff and uh, Zap Brannigan quotes and puts them over uh, uh, Ducat and Damar things. We mentioned it. We linked to it. That blog found out, listened to our show, said, this is a great show. They seem to really enjoy Star Trek, but don't take it too seriously.
1: Oh, nice. I I didn't know about that.
0: Yeah. No, they, they... we're happy that we promoted their blog and gave us some very kind words. And I love that they could listen to one episode and completely get what we're about.
1: Oh man, that's awesome.
0: That's how I sell our show to people. We love Star Trek, but we try not to take it too seriously. And they, oh. they just completely pick that up immediately. So thank you. Oh
1: blog. That's, that's great. So yes.
0: thanks again to the gull's itch. That thank you. I couldn't remember that off the top yeah. of my head. Appreciate that. I was just looking at it. Ah. <laughs> uh okay, so I believe we talked about all of our various goods things. Mm-hmm. Let us now get into some of the badder things. All right. Uh, you first.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I already talked about the lack of quark.
0: Oh, that's true. Uh,
1: that was my one bad thing. My other bad thing. Um, so Julian and Esri have a scene in the no. first. Uh, in the first. More episode, than one scene. A couple of scenes in when it rains before Julian gets distracted by uh by Odo's disease. Uh huh where, he, where ezri has been avoiding him, and he he has to call her down to his his office with fake medical reports,
0: which which O'Brien just says, "Isn't that unethical?" And Bashir just looks at him and goes, eh. well. <laughs> "I mean, yes, but come on, we're friends, and you're cool with this, yeah. right?"
1: <laughs> on a side top on on a side note, um. There's a lot of uh, Julian and Chief O'Brien hanging out in these two episodes, (laughs) and there's a great shot of uh, Julian working on something while uh, the chief is in the background lounging on what I would describe as uh, Julian's medical couch. I don't know what else to call it. It is. It is not a bed. It's kind of like a dentist chair almost, but like yeah,
0: it's angled, like like so you can sit very comfortably. But it's also it's not like a lawn chair. No, it's, it's stuffed. No, a medical couch.
1: Medical couch. Not to be Maybe, confused with sex
0: couch. No, d- different, uh, like, if you looked under, in, in Memory Alpha, under couch, mm-hmm. it would say, uh, see also sex couch, see also medical couch. Yes. Like, two different subheadings. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, th- these two have a lot of, like, a lot of cute scenes together, and there's a lot of, the vibe when Esri's around is a lot of, like, O'Brien, like, we're high school friends, and yep. my friend has a crush on you. And I'm trying not to giggle while you're here.
1: Yeah, I when Esri comes in, O'Brien's got the best fucking look on his face. To, Hi,
0: my friend likes you.
1: But um, yep. getting back to my bad thing. Uh, so he basically is. It, it's basically like a long. These two can't just can't do. Th- these two just keep doing the the threes company bullshit where they no, can't it's, just it, say what the fuck they think.
0: No, they're at Quark's, we don't see this, he's, he's relaying it later, mm-hmm. but he's saying, uh, yeah, so I asked her why she's been avoiding me, she almost answered, and then she got called away. Yep. And then he does something, and gets interrupted, and then she does, it's like, ugh, just yeah. say it.
1: We fucking see it happen, where she's like, yeah, yeah I talked to Worf, which we saw, she's, oh, yeah. about to tell, she's about to tell him all about their hashing out crap for the past three episodes, and then he gets distracted by Odo, and it's just like, ugh, fucking, just fuck already.
0: Yeah. I'm sick of this crap. Well, and there's a lot of padding, unfortunately. There's yeah. a lot of, like, and I, this is a result of them not really having a lot of experience. And I'll, I'll cut them some slack here, because they've never done anything this ambitious before. They've mm-hmm. never written a story arc this long. Yep. And now we know, because so many TV shows do this... You plan it out together, and then you break off and write your episodes. Yeah,
1: you can't do the, uh, the everybody break off, and we'll just hope it works out for the best.
0: No, this was like, Wolf and Bear wrote one, Ron Moore wrote one, uh, Renee Echevarria, I think, wrote one. Like, all the main guys got one part, mm-hmm. or maybe two parts, I don't remember. But they didn't really coordinate with each other until late in the process, and a lot of them, like, if, if you read Ron Moore in particular... Yep. Like... A couple of times, it's like, well, I wrote this whole wedding scene for Cisco. Wait, he got married in the previous episode? God damn it! Son of a bitch! And uh, it happened again in this one, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but he had to scrap something else. And you can read between the lines, because what he said was, well, I was a little frustrated by that. But <laughs> you know, he's just like, oh,
1: mother God damn it! I've been building to this for the entire goddamn series.
0: And this just... is the best scene I've ever written, and now it doesn't happen in my episode, and I have to throw it away.
1: Ah! I'm gonna go make Battlestar Galactica. Ooh. Oh, oh, that Slugworth,
0: he was the worst. <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, there was, there's a bit of padding because of that. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of like, like the Julian, uh, Esri thing. You can tell, okay, we wanted to get the wharf thing behind us, we did that, yeah, but we're not ready for these two to hook up yet. Look, it's obvious that's where this is going. That's yeah. not a spoiler, everyone can tell, mm-hmm. but they They're not ready yet, so they're running in place, and the same thing happens with the Ducat and Kai Win thing,
1: yeah, and we literally know this to be a yeah, we had to fill some time,
0: yeah, they told us like Memory Alpha has a bunch of quotes from people who said that, yeah, but, but it's really obvious to us watching, even not reading that, yeah,
1: it's just like well we we're not quite ready for the kai win uh gar or Garrick uh Dukat <laughs> stuff yet, so uh Dukat got struck blind. The thing is, yeah,
0: we loved that plot. Like, it's not that we're not interested in it.
1: No, it's just that it feels like they've they've hit the pause button on it.
0: Yeah, no, we got to a great point where uh, she murdered someone. She's crossed the line. And yep. She knows it's Goldacaro. She's still doing it, and now this is like let's run in place for a bit. Mm-hmm. He gets I- blinded. She says, "Get the fuck out of here." There is a great character moment for her,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where we talked about this before. Where like in the Kira scene last week, she just she gets to a point where she can justify it all. Yeah, where in her head. He's like, you know what? This was my plan all along. I don't need you anymore. Get out of here.
1: Yeah. I also like that she's, you know, she's kind of just giving Ducat the boot.
0: Yep. She doesn't need
1: him. Yeah. I don't need you anymore. This is all Kai crap.
0: Yeah. He put her on the path. Well, I mm-hmm. was about to say the right path, but the, the path. Yeah. The path. The <laughs> and, path uh, And she, d- oh, that wasn't very good. <laughs> You're better than that, Matt.
1: I just like the delay. It's just like, did he just really say that? Oh. <laughs>
0: No, I heard you. I was just, I was wishing that that wasn't what I heard. But it was. Um, I, she just, she's, she's, you know, she's got everything she needs from him. She doesn't need him anymore. Yep. And so she just says, you know what? Fuck off. Yeah. Go away. I'm actually surprised. And I know they want to stall because they want to bring him back in. Mm -hmm. Like, and that, again, not really a spoiler because he, like, of course, Gul Dukat's, like, not done yet. Oh, did They're you... Gonna... The, the,
1: and that's the last we ever saw of Gul
0: Dukat. Yeah, they sent him off into the streets to be a blind beggar. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably not the end of his arc. There's probably a little more there. Uh-huh. But, um... Because I, what I was thinking is, why didn't she just frame him for the murder of her assistant? Have that's him over. carted off, have him revealed as Gul Dukat, murdered by yep. a, an angry mob, yeah. and then he's gone forever. Like, I... Uh... That would have been so much easier in that situation.
1: I feel like keeping him around where she can probably find him pretty easily in case she needs him again.
0: Oh, he does know more about the wraiths than she does at yeah, this point.
1: Yeah, but right now it's like, I don't need you currently, and you're yeah. Gul Dukat, so go beg in the street.
0: How about that? And and again, about, you know, the irony that you pointed out a bunch mm-hmm. of times. Like, there's just a bit of irony there. How ironic. Because now he's a helpless Bajoran in the streets of Bajor.
1: Trying to get Bejorans to give him some money.
0: Yes. Uh, let's see. My bad thing for the first episode was Julian and Miles make some absolutely Batman sixty six ish leaps of logic. Oh to, yeah. To connect section thirty one to going with with what's going on with Odo's disease. Like mm-hmm. I like the general plot of they're running into bureaucratic walls, like, oh no, you can't have this. It's classified. Yeah. Well, let me talk to your supervisor. He's just gonna tell you the same thing. And and then Julian say, "Well, it must be Section Thirty-One. There's no other explanation. Re- really?
1: Yeah. No, I actually I mentioned this in my summary. In my summary, who do we know who's devious?
0: Yes. Well, yeah, as you said, well Cisco. Uh huh. And therefore, it follows that there must be other people that are not in Section Thirty-One who are also devious. You would think. But no, just Cisco. Pretty. I, I just the, the logic there was a yeah. bit flimsy. I thought.
1: Pretty fishy, isn't it? And And where there's a fish, there's a penguin.
0: And O'Brien's right there enabling this goofy bullshit, too. Yes, of course, a penguin. (laughs)
1: Sounds like a pretty devious riddle. Wait a minute. Yep. I'm Chief (laughs) O'Hara.
0: I think our friend Brian said that he should play Chief O'Hara. In the, uh... The new Batman? Yes. I would
1: be pretty much completely stoked for that.
0: Yes. Sure, Begora, Cape Crusader. Mm-mm. I mean, you know, you play it dark and gritty like uh, like Nolan was doing. Faith in Begora, Cape Crusader. Him, you make him a real cop and not a fucking, you know, Irish yep. stereotype, but still.
1: Yeah, it would be awesome.
0: Yep. Uh, my bad thing for the second episode, uh, okay, you, you mentioned... It is very difficult to to find bad things in these episodes. <laughs> you were correct. Yep. Uh and the best I could come up with because the second one was just about flawless. Like the first one had like the the leaps of logic, it had the the ducat uh uh, uh Kaiwin stuff,
1: the wheel spinning and
0: Yes, and it had the um the three's company stuff you talked about. Like yeah. all that was in the first one. The second one was pretty much flawless. Yeah. Um as Kira's team is infiltrating the Dominion station which is huge and awesome by the way yeah it's great it's a as you pointed out a Cardassian design station so they sort of kitbashed a giant ds9 yeah basically like it it's got the same design to it but you there's a there's a uh, a shot where we see a Dominion fighter and then a bunch of like tiny ships flying around and it's like wow this is way bigger than ds9 yeah and I always like perspective shots in space because space is it's so easy to lose the sense of How? What's bigger than what? It's
1: like, well, there's a planet and whatever.
0: Right, it's all space. Like, it all depends on if you're standing over here, everything looks tiny. But, like, I want to see how things are compared to each other. Like, yeah, and and this Dominion ship they're in is huge, but everything there is huge. And yeah. Mm. Uh, Anyway, they call over to a shuttle, which is called shuttle. (laughs) Doesn't that get confusing? Not to me. Seriously, I have almost nothing.
1: (laughs) My assumption is that there, that there are no rivers on Cardassia. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they're lizard people. It's it's mostly sort of a desert, arid kind yep. of you know.
1: Well, they're all hanging out on rocks next to cactuses. Yeah,
0: there's uh, every now and then a roadrunner runs by, <laughs> goes meep, and then possibly also meep.
1: <laughs> Filthy roadrunner, eh, Major? But uh, that's the <laughs> well. I'll catch him with my Acme products. <laughs>
0: You'll ba- Acme products.
1: Batman suit, eh? Well, if I just launch myself from this giant bow that I also bought, I can fly towards the Roadrunner and deposit this dynamite next to him. That should so work perfectly.
0: Who would make a better Wily Coyote, Garrick or uh, Guldukat?
1: Ooh, damn. I think if Garrick was uh, the.
0: If he was the Coyote, he'd catch the Roadrunner like halfway through the first short.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Kul would be... And then Kira would be the Roadrunner.
1: Yeah, exactly. Attention fan art, people.
0: Yep. That is a good one. Yep. Uh, Okay, let's see. What else? Uh,
1: (laughs) Oh, a thing of Bajoran Freedom Seed.
0: (laughs) You're not going to top Flonk's Great Bird of the Galaxy Seed. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that, yeah. That's one of the funniest things that's been on here for a while. Oh, man. At least since uh, Nate's... (laughs) Uh, a square, square space in a round hole joke
1: <laughs> Oh
0: man. Uh so back at the beginning of the first episode, we have this thing where they're talking about the breen weapon and they're talking about um how old klingon ships are the only ones that can stand up to it and they don't know why. Like presumably now that they've stolen one they'll figure it out. But right now they don't know. And there's it's it's uh Admiral Ross and, and Ben and then uh Martok, and then this Romulan dude. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, so I guess for now, the Starfleet and Romulan ships are going to have to stay behind the uh, Klingon ships to stay safe. And the Romulan guy just rolls, Ugh, Ugh. what have we come to? Ugh, you know. <laughs> the Romulans haven't done a lot, but I still love how much they hate the Klingons. Yep. Like, they were reluctantly willing to get in bed with the Federation, but they, I don't think they realized what that meant.
1: No. Oh, there's Klingons here. Look, we well, team yeah, up with you been... guys.
0: You're okay. But them? Well,
1: yeah, we've been a piece with them for years.
0: Ah. Oh. Look, we worked with them a long time ago. They're not great.
1: Jim, why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> yes, Jim the Romulan.
0: I was going to say, like, do you mean Jim Kirk? What do you No. Jim. Yes. No, Romulans don't have that. <laughs> Romulans don't do the po- apostrophe thing, I don't think. I
1: suppose it's true.
0: Yeah.
1: Damn it, Jim.
0: Uh, yep. Uh, what else do we have? What else? Uh, there's... Through the whole Win thing, just makes it abundantly clear that everyone on the planet's gonna be murdered. Uh-huh. She's still fine with it. It's like,
1: just, if you... If you weren't sure if uh, she'd gone completely over to the, to the dark side of the Force...
0: Or maybe um, if she was justifying somehow or not listening. No, she just says, yeah, I know. Yeah. Because I thought, okay... Maybe she just pretended not to hear him mm-hmm. or no, like she, no she heard a lot of people are gonna die. well, look, it's ancient text. you can interpret them all different ways, but now there's really only the one way to yes,
1: these that. are people who worship the emissary. yep, don't need them anymore. yep no, I think uh I think the Pa Wraith loyalists and I'll do just fine <laughs> thanks
0: and, and again. Those guys are all, I'm pretty sure, on m nor
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's more.
0: There probably are a Pa-raise handful here or there. On the, on but I think, I think the main faction of them organized and went off-planet. Mm. And while Gul Dukat's not their leader anymore, they're still there. Yep. He was going to murder them, but he didn't, so they're yep. still there. Just
1: hanging out on m Noor. I'm surprised she hasn't gotten a hold of them. I, I just He probably didn't tell her about them.
0: Uh, probably not. And they're hiding there. So, but I'm—I—I th- th- I think that's probably the main faction of them. There's probably a handful on the planet, but that's probably most of them there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I, of course, as you mentioned, Kira in a Starfleet uniform, hottest thing ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a fan of the old red uniform, but that's just... no. I
0: like these are my favorites. These are like aside from the original series ones. These are my favorite Star mm-hmm. Trek uniforms. Yeah. And if you put her in glasses on top of all that, I would just literally explode. <laughs> just, just there would be pieces of me all over the walls Mm -hmm. that's it so what else
1: uh let's see hot kira
0: oh okay let's talk about this whole odo's got a disease thing
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: this does not make sense to me so supposedly what julian uncovers is that odo was infected when they went to starfleet headquarters back in like season four i think it was when they're worried that everyone's a changeling the home front i think it was yeah yeah i remember uh, I actually remember the title of a DS9 episode.
1: Nice job. Good work.
0: I, I mean, and you did too. Like, yeah. you're like, yeah, I know which one that is. Yeah. When they went <laughs> home. Way to go us. But um, so that's supposedly they, they took samples of Odo. They're trying to study how do we find changelings. So it makes sense. But that's supposedly when they infected him. Yeah. Okay. Since then, he's been turned into a human and then turned back. Why does he still have this disease? Yeah, that should probably have fallen out. Now, if you if you if you follow the logic, okay, yeah. so he had the disease when he went to the Great Link to get judged. Mm-hmm. He linked with everyone and infected them all. Yeah, they turned him human. They're still infected. Then he turns back. Then he goes into his weird like, uh, I'm gonna go off and link with female changeling for hours and hours and hours, and he gets the disease a second time. Yeah, that's what like that's the no prize explanation for it. I guess. I mean that all tracks. Yeah, it's just like. That's not what we're being told. We're being told he got infected then, and they're kind of leaving out that middle part because yeah. it makes it too complicated
1: i like I legit thought that like um like when they say uh when uh Julian tells uh Odo that he's infected with the disease
0: mm-hmm.
1: I assumed that he had just had the disease all this time and it hadn't done anything like I thought he was like a typhoid Mary or something like he's the carrier well, actually not they the, say.
0: Uh, they say in Memory Alpha they were going to make him that. Yeah. But then they said that then our character doesn't really have anything to do, so what's the point? Well,
1: I mean, that's not entirely true.
0: No, but, you know, they need to, like, putting him in more danger in this big finale thing makes more sense.
1: Yeah. Turn him into the Crypt Keeper.
0: Yep. I think he look like the dad from You Can't Do That on Television. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, continue.
1: Um, completely lost my point.
0: Oh, we were expected to think he was like carrying the disease.
1: Oh yeah, no, that was just that was my that was my assumption and then it's like and then he starts showing it just out of nowhere. Yep. That's just like it, that's the kind of thing that that bugs me is that he's had it all this time apparently, but he doesn't start showing symptoms until Bashir tells him.
0: Literally the next day. Yeah. Like it,
1: oh, yeah. I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, it's a little much.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's a bad thing for this episode.
0: But that—that's really again from more of the first one. Like it continued uh, into the yeah. second one, but yeah. So yeah.
1: I don't know. It just—it—it—it it, it doesn't really work, and it bugs me, and I'm yeah. mad about it.
0: I—I'm not upset about it, and I overall I like the idea that Odo's in danger mm. because without spoiling what happens, this does put him and his people in the same situation. Yeah. This does sort of bring him, like, if not back to them, at least on the same page. You know what I mean? Like. Mm. Like, they've been at odds for so long, and now they have a common problem. Yeah. Also, it gives Bashir something to do.
1: Common people.
0: No. Apparently, there's a version of the the Shatner version of common people with some original series footage synced up to it that's making the rounds. I haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, I'll watch that. I like common people.
0: I'm just tired of Shatner. Well, that's fair. Like, it's not... I'm I'm sure it's a great edit, and if a couple of people have sent it to me already, and I don't mean to, like, ignore it, I just... I'm... uh, I just... I wish Shatner would just sort of quietly fade away. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't wish him any ill, but maybe get out of the spotlight now. Well, I, it sounds like I'm wishing he's dead, and I don't wish that.
1: I wish he'd fade away into, I
0: wish the, he'd into just, the grave. What's some, well, you know. <laughs> no, I, I definitely don't. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, like, some people, like, kind of step out of the spot. Like, uh, DeForest Kelly didn't do much of any Star Trek-related stuff for the last five, ten years of his life. He yeah. Just, kind of quietly went back to his life. Mhm. Maybe Shatner could do that. Mm-hmm. Not that he even made this thing, but I'm just in general, I'm just kind of sick of him. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's me. Uh Oh, back to the back to the Kaiwin gold thing. Yes. When when he was blinded by not science.
1: <laughs> doot, doot, doot. Uh,
0: by the opposite of science, magic. It blinded
1: me with magic.
0: Um uh, Kaiwin sends him to a doctor. Mhm. And I'm amazed the doctor does not say, well, she says you're a Cardassian who has just been surgically altered to look Bajoran. Mm -hmm. Because really, did they change all his organs? I would love the like, well, I sent you to the best doctor on
1: Bajor. Uh, She automatically figured out that you were a Cardassian in hiding. Yes. And then she sent me back a memo saying, you know this is Gul Dukat, right? Right. So I had to stab another person. And uh, your eyes aren't getting fixed
0: basically is the long and the short of it so long child
1: <laughs> oh uh, god yeah um i want to talk about the uh the the uh thing oh god yeah where um he's reporting on uh on uh De- demar's rebellion and the female changeling is fucking
0: pissed she's like you assured me this would not happen
1: well i mean because see who i
0: just uh you said oh. quote we can trust Damar and he will never betray us those are your words wait well it was like three wayoons ago but it's still you yeah i just,
1: and i lo- like she just says to the breen uh leader yeah i know if we didn't if we hadn't lost the wayoon factory i would kill him wayne's like
0: ooh so where are we on fixing those cloning facilities <laughs> Uh, it's
1: going to take days, uh, weeks even. And,
0: and you just, pointed out there's a great conflict between him not wanting to lie to her and obviously yeah. not wanting to fix it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just love it. Uh, how can I make this last uh, without... um,
0: Lying to my god. Yeah.
1: And I just love her like, well, keep me informed. Yeah. I look forward to hearing about, about them being completed as soon as possible.
0: Oh, completely operational. Good. Oh, yep. You do it, thought Gore. <laughs> I, I think it. it's thought Pran now. I think, like,
1: uh, yeah. Thought
0: Gore left. They pointed out in Memory Alpha that uh, the one Breen leader has been replaced by another. And uh, okay, all right. You guys are pretty like attentive nerds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take, take your, your word for that. Yeah. But I couldn't tell the difference.
1: Oh, a because... new Breen! I hope he's played by a new character. Ah, oh, <laughs> what an incredible actor!
0: Did we talk about this on the show? I can't remember if we did. I apologize for repeating ourselves, mm. but <laughs> they talked about the Breen suits being complete—you can't see anything in them. Yep. So there's, there's apparently. Oh a god, take. I
1: don't think we did this on the air. No.
0: No, I, I know we talked about this with Flonk, but I don't think we, we recorded this part they talked about uh they're shooting a scene with the breen like with the actor in the breen suit Mm. and he he insisted on like no i'm gonna put this this on i know i know the layout of this room i'm gonna walk over here and do this (laughs) and walks right into a wall Mm -hmm. okay take two walks right into a wall it happens like five different times and then he trips (laughs) and then apparently he's like a turtle and can't get up (laughs) it's just and and whoever the director was or, or one of the like behind the scenes guys said, We've been doing the show for seven years. That is literally the funniest thing that has ever happened on this show. <laughs> so good.
1: I really hope that we can track down like uh uh footage of that.
0: Yeah, there may be footage like uh, you know, on the DVDs or something. I'm not sure. It's, I mean uh... that must
1: have ended up on like they did tons of those uh those Trek blooper uh yeah. things to do at cons before they were uh you yeah. know, more well-known.
0: Apparently the biggest, the, the, the biggest, funniest part of that is the actor kept insisting, no, no, I got it this time.
1: I'm a professional. I can do this.
0: Bonk. It's it, like, it's not, it wasn't that they kept making him do it. It's mm-hmm. that it was his pride and his insistence <clears throat> that kept making it happen that was <clears throat> way funnier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah,
0: that said, maybe it's the same guy in there. Who knows? I Apparently pff- Memory Alpha can tell the uh, difference. I can. All right. Good job, Memory Alpha. Good job. That's what they're for. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, there are certain fan wikis I find insufferable. Mm-hmm. The, the Homestar wiki comes oh, to mind. Oh, yeah. Who have to explain every joke to the point where they've sucked all the humor out of it. Mm-hmm. But Memory Alpha, I mean, we mention them every week. They are, they, at this point, I would say they are an indispensable resource for us. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, we'd have to go to two or three different sources and sort of cross-check everything. Yeah, like, no,
1: we've been using them since the early days of the show.
0: Yeah, and they are—they like, you know, I, I guess it sounds like a commercial for them. Like I'm, I'm uh, buzz marketing for them. I don't care. I'm pretty <laughs> we okay are. with that.
1: Like, like you, like, like we've been saying, we've been using them forever.
0: And they, they are great. They, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing about, okay, yeah, it's a little exhaustively researched. It's a little like meticulous. You know what? We're nerds. Yeah. Like, that's what we want. This show doesn't really fixate on that stuff, but it's good for us to have a resource that does. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I want to know, wait, that Ensign looks like the same Ensign from the other episode, and they'll point out, oh, yeah, and he's also from this one. Didn't yep. you notice? <laughs> oh, no, shit. we did not. I guess you're right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, nerds. Third. And so, really, like, if, you, if you've if you heard us talk about it, you don't know what we're talking about. It's memory-alpha.org. It's just, it's, like, it's not a pay site. It's not, like, there's some ads, but that's it. Like, yeah we don't stand to gain it's just a, it's a great website for yeah. us um so yeah there's that <laughs> i just we 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 mentioned it it's one of those things we mention every single week yeah and i don't know if we've ever actually provided that context before like some people are like what do you, you what is, what is, memory, is memory alpha, alpha? well yeah. well here you go mm-hmm. um oh and the one last thing i had mm. was um <laughs> when Worf does kill galron mhm Walks over to his body to check that he's dead. He lifts his eyelids open. Yep. Which isn't particularly funny looking, just but just with the eye thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's just kind of amusing.
1: I'm just glad we got one last shot of those eyes. Yes. Good night. Good night, Gowron. Yeah. You will be missed.
0: Uh, I mean, yes, but, you know, it's not like yeah. he could show up on Voyager or Enterprise. Well, no. Actually, That's he might show thing. up on Enterprise. Who knows? Eh, maybe. Yes, the thing is-
1: I'm Gowron's father. Gowron. The first! Grandpa Gowron. (laughs) Grandpa-ron.
0: I was waiting for you to do that. The thing is, we've seen Worf's grandfather, who was named Worf. Yep. So it's not like that's, you know, unprecedented.
1: No, that's true. And Grandpa-ron really hates Worf Senior for some reason. (laughs) Worf Senior. Yep.
0: No, Good Worf.
1: (laughs) I called him Good Worf.
0: (laughs) Alright, you got anything else?
1: Um... I think that's it. The um, only one, the only thing I got left is in my summary. Um, my my summary has my favorite uh, typo I've ever done, which is which is misspelling Starfleet as Starfeet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Julian tries good. to
1: get some medical records from Starfeet.
0: That's the podiatry uh, section of uh, Starfleet Medical. Yep, Starfeet. Yeah, Starfeet. Uh, my quote from the second episode. Yes is actually not super funny. It's actually pretty pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something really bad has happened with Damar, and uh, Kira says this. What's wrong? Oh, one of our listening posts picked up a message. The Dominion has succeeded in locating Damar's family. They're dead. They weren't a part of this rebellion. The Dominion knew that. The Founder knew that. Wei Yun knew that, to kill her and my son. The casual brutality of it. A waste
1: of life. What kind of state tolerates the murder of innocent women and children?
0: What kind of people give those orders? Yeah, Damar, what kind of people give those orders? And the best thing about that is you, you can't really see. Like, obviously, you, you know, this mm-hmm. is this is an audio show. But the, the look on her face is like, for a minute, she's so proud of herself. Like, yeah, take that. And then she immediately realized, oh, why did oh, I say that? Oh, that
1: was awful. I'm a First
0: of all, I'm better than that. Second of all, this is a very tense situation. Third of all, little compassion. Like, mm-hmm. just, oh, man, why did I say that? And she has a great conversation with Garrick where she's like, I shouldn't have said that. And he's like, no, you should nah, have. That's Cardassians, the, the thing Cardassians understand best is if you speak in jerk. <laughs> now, Now he gets it. He always was kind of wary of you, but now he totally respects you. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you spoke to him in his own language. <laughs> all right. Okay. So that's all for this week. Uh, two more left. Yep. That's it. Not much more. Yep. Uh, so with, with that in mind, uh, supplemental's coming up soon. You want to write to us. It is or at Gmail. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um. Our live show, in which we cover the first episode of Voyager, the two-part uh, pilot caretaker, happens on August twenty-second at the Pocket Theater in Seattle. The yep. screening of the episode is at three. The recording is probably around four thirty-ish. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that. Um, just got some great promo art from uh, Vishal Baradouge for that, yep. which looks fantastic. Oh um, yeah, it does. Jesus. Yeah, as ever. Uh, and that's it. So we will. Do this again next week.
1: Yep. Yeah. See ya, folks.
0: The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.